matter, kid? Don't you like clowns? Why? Don't we make you laugh? Aren't we? Come play with us, Danny. Bad luck to kill a seabird. What's up, guys? Welcome to the Horror Flicks and Guitar Picks podcast. I'm your host, Trash Melt, and this week, my guest is the one and only Grayson Stewart, guitarist of the almighty Norma Jean and formerly of Harvester. First of all, I just want to say thank you guys for listening, and make sure you listen all the way to the end of the episode, because your boy done goofed and uh, mixed up a couple names, you know, as I was trying to give some facts to Grayson about some of the movies we talked about. So I don't want to ruin our conversation, so I'm not going to fix, you know, my mess ups now, but uh, definitely listen to the end, and I'll go through and fix all the things that I messed up on, as well as you will find out who next week's guest is so here's the interview how's it going man thanks for coming on the show yeah man i'm, I'm stoked to be here I'm, I'm glad we're getting to do this again heck yeah yeah uh for those that are listening we have done this before but the quality just wasn't quite there so this is our second go around so. yeah it, it'll work out better this way though no definitely so uh real quick just if you don't mind telling me how did you link up with those guys in uh norma jean and you know how long ago that was if you don't if you remember yeah totally so i played in a band back in the day uh um, called Harvester and it's with our uh, with Norma Jean's merch guy in TM his name's Jimmy and uh, so I joined that band when I was about 19 or so and uh, we just played a bunch of shows around Arkansas and like a, a little bit of out-of-state stuff but um, Corey our singer actually lives in the same town as me so I kind of like grew up you know seeing him around town and just obviously being like a big Norma Jean fan because I liked heavy music and whatnot and uh just through like kind of a natural series of events and like things happening we got linked up with the Norma Jean guys and it originally started with us like uh we bought one of their old tour vans when I was in Harvester then from there on we like opened up one of their shows for him one time and eventually it led to us asking Corey to to do a guest vocal spot on our record that we put out mm -hmm. so um we did that and, like that was our first time really hanging out with them and uh we did that track and it turned out really cool and i that was kind of like his first time i guess hearing you know me play guitar or whatever and yeah. uh, then i was in my marketing class in college oh, a while later i don't really remember exactly what the timeline was but i got a, a text from him and he was like hey man uh you got a minute for me to give you a call and i was like yeah sure so i left my class and went out in the hallway and i called him and he kind of has like a funny way of asking questions he does like a roundabout interrogation to like know whether to keep asking questions or not so it yeah. started with like it's kind of started with him sounding like he was wanting to like help manage harvester a little bit and asking questions like you know did we want a tour or did i want a tour did i want to just you know stay at home or and not do that type of thing and i was like hell no i'm trying to get out of here and and go do something and he yeah. uh he was like all right cool well, that leads me to my next question uh would you like to go on tour with us then and so i did my my first norwegian tour um was the redeemer anniversary tour and oh, that's awesome uh, yeah so that was like a really cool one to start with um you know i like, learned that whole record front to back with some other ones and started that mm -hmm. tour and a couple weeks into it um they asked me like join the band and whatever and just been trucking since then now i know uh Probably living in the hometown, you probably saw them a ton, so it might be hard to remember. But do you remember the? 
first Norma Jean show you went to? Like, uh, you know, who else was on the lineup and whatnot? Yeah, um, I, I can't remember which one. There, there's two that I remember, and I don't remember which one was the very first one. But one mm-hmm. of them was, uh, I know it was with The Chariot was one of them. And I can't remember oh, who oh, the yeah. other <laughs> bands were on the bill. But it was at the Outland Ballroom in uh, in Springfield, Missouri. And it was Norma Jean, The Chariot, and man, I, I cannot remember who else. It I kind of want to say it was like maybe one of those Scream the Prayer tours that they used to do back in the day, but I might be wrong about that. And mm-hmm. or the other option is there there's a mall in the town that's about 45 minutes north of me, and it's the town's called Fayetteville, and uh, <clears throat> they used to have like this pretty cool like small sized venue in the mall up there it was like in the ass end of the building and it used to be like i, I don't know what it was it's just like a big wood floored room and somebody like a promoter bought it and built a stage there and i went to quite a few shows there i saw like um night versus when they like first started being a thing um saw let live there and then i saw norma jean there and i think it was just kind of mm-hmm. like a one, one-off show for them at the time so it was just like a bunch of local bands um, that oh, played okay. there. But yeah, I remember those two were like the first earliest memories I have of the band of like seeing. That's a pretty least. yeah. That's a pretty dope sounding uh, venue. The yeah, inside of was, a mall and stuff like that. It was really cool, and like one wall was just like all mirrors. So it like you know with all the lights going on and stuff, it was just it's pretty cool looking in there. But yeah. I mean, I remember like you know being 12, 13 years old and like going to Chili's. And I would see Corey there and I would like, you know, walk up to him and be like, hey, man, I like your band and just be a, a total punisher or whatever. But it was it was it was cool. like kind of how that went full circle a little bit. No, definitely. That's awesome, man. So uh, I guess if you don't mind, we can jump right into the horror movies. Yeah, let's do it. I know you said you didn't watch a ton of movies growing up, but do you have any like specific memories that you deal with horror movies yeah so uh like we talked about when we tried this the first time like one of my first like memories i guess of watching horror movies or whatever it was halloween and i remember being i was like super young i don't remember how old i was exactly but i remember um friday the 13th was coming on and i was just like begging my parents to let me watch it and yeah they they were like all right but if you do and you can't sleep then that's your problem like you're doing this to yourself type of thing and yeah i was like no i'll be fine i'm 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 big and tough or whatever even though i was probably like six years old and uh Mm. i remember watching it and uh I was good until this one scene where I don't really remember much about it right now, but um, there was a scene where like they open a door and there's a body that's like stuck to the door with the arrow going through the guy's head, like on the yeah. other side of the door. You know, like some type of classic scene like that. And that are yeah, you sure that, it was uh, the door or was it the um, when he's on the bunk bed? Maybe maybe it was that. I don't something along those lines. I just remember it was a dude with the arrow through his head. And that was hanging him up somewhere. So okay. you'd probably yeah, know better than me. Well, honestly, there's so many kills and so many sequels to that. I I, I wouldn't know. I'm thinking of the original. Uh, one of the most famous kills in the original film are. I think it's in part two, but it's uh, Kevin Bacon. He gets killed with an arrow through the neck in one of the. Uh, but he's laying on a bunk bed, though. It's not like you know he's not up against the wall or anything. But I'm pretty yeah. sure seeing his arrows are used quite a bit that somebody else probably got pinned to a door with it. Yeah. Seeing as that was a big thing back in the day, like, you know, Michael Myers did it in the original Halloween. Yeah. And, you know, they like to copy a lot of stuff. Yeah, for sure. That I've been meaning to actually go back and watch those. 
So, you know, I'll, I'll probably be able to clarify on that hopefully sometime soon. Yeah, they actually just put a, I think they put them all on Shutter. But if you don't want to like sign up for, which they got a 30 day trial going on right now. But if you don't want to sign up for like another streaming service, you can probably get the whole box set um, on Blu-ray for like 20 bucks on Amazon. Because that's how much it was when I bought it. Okay. Yeah. Uh, speaking of that, I'm glad that you told me about Shutter last time because I ended up getting that and... I've been watching movies just about every day on there. Oh, so, hell yeah. <laughs> yeah, so I'm like really glad you, you pointed that out to me. Um, but yeah, I saw where they just put all those up there. I'm really interested to see um, the one where he like is called like Friday the 13th um, Takes Manhattan or something like that. Yeah. It's like, I guess, the New York one. Like, I, I'm excited to see that one, but I got to watch all the other ones first. That one, actually, um, I'll probably, I'd, I'd actually say if you really wanted to, you could watch that one and it wouldn't ruin anything from the previous ones. Like, it's pretty standalone. But, uh, yeah. but I mean, of course, if you're going to watch them anyways, you might as well just watch them in order. They're not really that long either. And they're, they're pretty fun to watch. The first few are pretty similar, but they get uh, cheesier and, you know, crazier with the storylines after, like, I think the third or fourth one. So yeah, totally. So let's talk about some of the newer stuff you've been watching. Do you have uh, any that you've watched recently that you really liked? Yeah. So I watched a few of the Rob Zombie ones. Like I, I told you last time, like those were the ones that really interested me in checking out the most. And yeah. So I, I watched devil's rejects and uh three from hell and 31 and those are like by far my favorite ones that i've watched so far and i, I don't know i just really like the atmosphere of them i like the way they were shot um mm -hmm. like even though like you know those are some bad fucking people in, in those movies like the character wise like you still like get sort of like attached to them and especially in third uh three from hell it's like you almost view them as the good guys at one yeah. point and then you remember like that they're actually terrible people uh -huh. um, definitely you're rooting for him the whole time for sure yeah but I, I just i really liked those i liked the music in it a ton um it was just cool like i liked the whole like southern backwoods vibe to all of it because you know that's pretty close to home for me and uh yeah i don't know like you know tons of leonard skinner songs and the eagles and stuff like that just all through it it, it was just like that was my type of horror movie, I guess. Yeah, to point out two of them, uh, the fact that he did the whole Gata DeVita, the whole 17 fucking minutes of it at the end of Three from Hell, you know, that song that plays like the whole time at the end when they're fighting yeah. uh, uh, the something, something Satan's. I want to say it's the Black Satan's, but I'm not yeah. sure. So yeah, that's what I'm quoting on that. But OK, awesome. Like that was pretty cool. But to give you a little trivia on that, I don't know if Rob Zombie did it on purpose. I'm almost certain he did but uh bill mosley who plays otis in devil's rejects and stuff like you know in three from hell yeah he played a character called chop top in texas chainsaw massacre part two and okay. the whole premise of texas chainsaw massacre part two is a radio dj accidentally like doesn't accidentally but uh is getting like heckled by these kids and these kids get killed by leatherface on air and she records it so they go to the radio station to like get the tape from her and that's like kind of the premise of the movie yeah and uh but his character is like you know playing cat and mouse with her at the beginning and he asks specifically for that song uh you know he's like let me get and i got a devita by iron eagle you know something like okay. that so it's a pretty cool callback you know like 30 some years later pretty much yeah yeah that's awesome man oh yeah but, i had no idea about anything like that yeah that's and that's probably like, if you're going to ever dive into the Texas Chainsaw Massacre realm, the first two are really the only two out of the classic ones that are worth watching to me, you know, in my opinion. So. Yeah. See, I watched the first one uh, two days ago, and I don't know, like, it kind of moved a little too slow for me. 
Yeah, I don't. My problem with that movie is the whole last thirty minutes, the chick screams the entire time. Oh, dude, I know that. I I couldn't do it after a while. Like I just had to turn the volume all the way down and wait till she was done. Yeah, but the only other song I really wanted to point out was I'm I uh, I loved the intro of Devil's Rejects having Midnight Rider by the Almond oh, Brothers. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, yeah I mean, that that's another thing shit. I'm talking about. Like, I love all that music from back then. So yeah, that, that that's like so badass to me. It's like incorporate that in a movie like that. And I don't know. I like the scenes where like, um, it's, I think he did it in. I don't remember if it was so much as in like 31, but I know in Devil's Rejects and Three from Hell, like where he does like the quick stop frames like in the middle of a shot and they kind of zoom in on the picture and that's how they transition into another scene. I don't know. No, I love I, that too. He does it in all his movies though, for sure. Yeah. I really liked that a lot because especially cause it was like most of the time the pictures were like super blurry, you know, but it was just like yeah. a cool way to go to an, another scene or whatever. Yeah. What's crazy is I was watching something the other day and I, I can't remember what it was cause I've been watching a couple of things recently, but, uh, so I can't like pinpoint which one did it, but they did that uh, as a transition and I immediately went to, you know, uh, oh, that's like a Rob Zombie type of transition. So it's cool that he does it. It's one of those things that he's done it so much and throughout time, it's kind of become his thing, you know? Yeah. Like, I'm sure people did it before, but, you know. Yeah, for sure. I don't know who the actor is in, I don't think he's in The Devil's Rejects anywhere, but in 31 and 3 from Hell, um, the warden in 3 from Hell, you know who I'm talking oh, yeah. about? Uh, his name is Jeff Daniels. Dude, it, it I was convinced that was Dave Grohl until about halfway through <laughs> the movie. Yeah, he's uh he's been attached to a lot of Rob Zombie stuff. He was even in his music video for Everybody's Fucking in a UFO. Oh, okay. Yeah, I knew he looked familiar. Yeah, he's uh cuz I'm actually a pretty big Rob Zombie fan to be honest with you. I, I like how weird his stuff is. You know, it's just like his movies. It's just so different. But, yeah. Uh, so uh, when that video came out, uh, of course, and it had his wife in it. So I was, and it looked so interesting. I was like, I got to check that shit out. But yeah, he's been attached to a lot of things. He was in 31. Yeah. Um, as well, you know, like you said, and then uh, he's in that music video. But I want to say he was in something else that uh, Zombie did not too long ago. But yeah, he's become like a little niche, like horror movie character. I feel like uh, not yeah. character, but actor. He's been in a he's started to spread out into other things, but he's definitely known for like horror now because of Zombie. I feel like. Yeah. Yeah. I liked his character a lot. Yeah, me too. I liked him in both movies. I feel like they've they were different characters, but both very. I don't know. It's, it's like his personality fit both of them. And, the, you know, like you could see the same personality but they were different characters you know as far as like actual like what they were doing and you know living the way they were living their life and stuff like that yeah totally now it's kind of the weird thing about 31 too was uh seeing sherry moon in that one but she wasn't a bad guy yeah that was like the weirdest part to me because i didn't know what it was going to be about when i watched it and uh yeah that that was like the strangest thing to me and um another trivia for you in 31, you know, the, the chick that comes and visits them at the gas station, I, I believe her name is Tara Strong, but uh, like the actress's name, but she she sees them at the gas station and she's like asking them about the guns. Yeah. And then she shows up later with the big German. Yeah. That, that's the voice of Tommy Pickles from Rugrats. <laughs> really? Wow. That's a, a big uh, jump between those. <laughs> I know, definitely. I told my wife, I was like, once you know it's Tommy Pickles, you can kind of hear it in her voice. And it kind of like throws it off a little bit. Because I actually watched 31 myself recently. Uh, the other morning, I woke up kind of early for work. So I just threw it on. And my wife came out and she's like, why the fuck are you watching this with breakfast? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was like, uh, I just... 
I was like, I went to watch something else, and it, that app was messing up. But when I went to watch what I was, uh, it was like some show or something. But when I went to watch it, it was messing up and buffering. So I was like, well, I, on my way to watch that, I passed 31 on the same app. So I was like, well, shit, I know that's on Shutter. So I went yeah. to Shutter, and that it worked like a charm. So I just ended up watching it there. But nice. But so, did you see any other ones other than the uh, Rob Zombie ones that you liked? Or yeah, I watched. Um, I watched those. Like I said, I watched uh, the first Texas Chainsaw. I watched yeah. um, the hill, the original like Hills Have Eyes. Um, what else did I watch? I watched this one called Deathgasm. Have you heard of that yes. one? Yes, yes, that's uh, that's a pretty good one. Did you like that one? Oh yeah, I like that one a lot. That was like the first uh, like you know comedy horror one that I've watched. Yeah, but yeah, I loved that. Like just so much like ridiculous metal stuff thrown in there and it was it was pretty enjoyable though i really liked that one a lot yeah no i agree uh it's a horror comedy for sure but it's just it's fun the whole time and then if you like metal it's hard not to enjoy it so yeah totally there there's another uh one that i i forgot to mention when we did this the first time uh have you heard of green room yes i actually just uh yeah. did an interview with um uh nolan from kubicon Oh, yeah. And uh, we were talking about the A24 movies, like Hereditary and stuff. And yeah. Uh, so I like went to recommend him a few and I recommend him a couple other ones. And when I went to recommend him Green Room, he said he had actually seen that and he rec- he liked it as well. Yeah, I, I totally forgot about that one. And then uh, I was talking to my wife just about these movies the other day and she brought that one up again. And I was like, oh, yeah, that's like a perfect one. Yeah. But uh, yeah, that one was crazy, man. Like just the weird like twist that it's, you know, white supremacist in the backwoods or whatever. Yeah. It's like a very realistic situation for sure. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that one was cool. I like that one, and uh, I, I did like the the original Hills Have Eyes. I'd seen like the remakes of it, and I uh-huh. I'd li- I liked those a lot too. I'd seen those like a long, long time ago. But the only complaint I have about that one is the same thing you were saying about Texas Chainsaw was at the end. Uh, I don't remember which which one of the girls was left alive by the end, but she just screams nonstop. Yeah. And it's like the most ear piercing thing I've ever heard in my life. And it was like to the point where I almost just turned it off for a while. (laughs) Now my wife, uh, every now and then will like, let me put a horror movie on to come to bed. And I never really realized how annoying the Texas Chainsaw Massacre was. Yeah. So one, one night I came to bed and put that on and like at the end, I didn't realize it, but she just like was trying to go to sleep, you know, not watch the movie with me, but, uh, she rolled over and she was like, when is that bitch going to stop fucking screaming? (laughs) Like, yeah. Holy shit. Yeah. Like it's, it's kind of ridiculous. Yeah. I've never seen, I'll be honest. I've never seen the original, the Hills have eyes, but it's because I saw the remake when I was younger. Yeah. And, uh, always heard it was very similar plus i believe uh the hills have eyes is one of the only remakes that wes craven had a part of uh don't quote me on that i'd hate to be wrong and yeah um but i think that's one of his only like remakes of his films that he actually had a part of so oh, i heard it was cool. very similar so i was like uh there's no point in rewatching it but now that you the way you're talking about it ending kind of sounds different than the remakes so i'll probably actually watch that one soon since it's on shutter anyways you know yeah it was a pretty good one to watch like it wasn't you know constant um it's it's kind of like texas change saw in the fact that like there wasn't just constant stuff happening but yeah. it, it was like there's like a, just a bunch of tension back and forth because you know like they would come down to attack the family or whatever and then leave yeah and so it was just like you're stressed out the whole time about when they're coming back and and what they're gonna do but i like that one a lot um i also watched this 
it was like a documentary, but it's called Cursed Films. Oh, no, I watched that too, the first episode. Yeah, that's the only one that I've watched so far, but I, I thought that was just a cool thing to watch to like kind of get some insight too yeah. on, uh, on these things. And it was just crazy hearing all the stuff that happened like when they were making The Exorcist, like with uh, that contraption in the bed that made yeah. it like and you know that the fact that they like used those scenes from these people actually getting hurt filming it and especially a child like yeah man like i forget what she said exactly but it like fractured the lower part of her spine or something when they were filming that and um i guess there i haven't seen that movie but there's a scene i guess where she like slaps her mom across the room and yeah. they use that like pulley system to make her kind of fly across the room and whatever that director's name was like i guess told the pulley guy to like really give it to her on the last take that they did and he like just yanked her ass across the room and smashed her head in the wall and like you know for real hurt her but that was the scene that they used and that was just wild to hear that stuff yeah and once they tell you that it's real you can see like exactly where the injury happens like especially yeah. with that one because you're like holy shit her head smacks the ground and wall like really fucking hard but yeah. uh which is the director is uh william freakin but i definitely recommend watching the exorcist because that was one that i've never watched until literally like this past halloween season yeah and um it holds up man like for real it's really good even 40 years later it's really good yeah yeah yeah, I, I think I'll definitely eventually watch it, but like that was all that background stuff was just crazy to me. Especially like uh, the the doctor, whatever scene where they're like performing surgery on her and then finding out that those were like actual doctors that yeah. they were, and that one doctor ended up being like a murderer in real life. Yeah, the doctors was like the there was one doctor, but he had like his assistant with him, but they were both real from like a hospital or whatever. Yeah. And his assistant was like a murderer or something. That's Man, crazy. That is crazy. But uh, that and then uh, I was going to bring up the shit. There was one moment that I was going to bring up about it. But uh, oh, yeah, the fact that uh, Linda Blair wouldn't talk about it. But even as a child, people tried to like kill her because they thought she was really the devil and shit after watching yeah. the movie. She yeah. wouldn't talk about it, but you kind of picked it up from. Yeah, totally. They're they saying like she had like to have bodyguards follow her around and stuff. Yeah, that's that's just crazy. And, you know, now she's like she works with foster dogs or something like that. Yeah, it's awesome what she does now. Um, Yeah, I don't know the details of it either, but it's something along the lines of like, you know, saving animals and stuff. Yeah, uh, she has like her own big foundation and stuff like she doesn't even act at all. I think, you know, she might get called in for a cameo every now and then, but she just doesn't do any roles, really. Yeah. Well, and then uh, I do want to bring up uh, Hush because you brought it up last time and nobody else yeah. really talked about it. But I, I really enjoy it. If you want to talk a little bit about that again before we move on to like the uh more like hypothetical questions you know yeah yeah that that was a really cool one too like like i said it was just cool how they like cut out the audio in in the scenes where it's kind of from her perspective so you really felt this sense of like what it would be like to be there on her end and have somebody trying to kill you but you literally unless you can see them then you have no idea where they are even if they're like banging pots and pans right behind your head or something you know? yeah but i mean that one was just really cool and i i don't think i've ever been as stressed out watching a movie as i have when i watched that one yeah it's a uh the, like it's from start to finish the movie is enjoyable pretty much because like you said you get to see it from her angle and then i won't say what it is but we both talked about it last time how there's that twist kind of you know halfway where you think something happens yeah they kind of like so like all that stuff is uh the movie i feel like plays really well on um the fact that the main character's uh deaf as well as you know just messing with the audience in general but that director apparently is uh 
I forgot last time to mention that it's Mike Flanagan, who he also did Gerald's Game for Netflix, which is a Stephen King adaptation. Okay. And that's another one I, I'd recommend if you have Netflix. But he also did Doctor Sleep, the sequel to The Shining, and that was really good. So he's done some like really good horror movies lately. But the yeah. uh, the main the deaf lady was is his wife, and, and um, so they did that big series. I don't know if you heard about it, but The Haunting of Hill House. He like directed that, and uh, she starred in it and stuff. So okay, that's cool. Yeah, but, I, um, I like when like. Like like with Rob Zombie, I kind of like when it's like the director's wife is in it or something like that. And at least I like when you know that because it just gives you like a whole different like understanding to the movie. And I don't know, it's just kind of a cool thing to like think about. Yeah, you know, they wrote it with like either with them in mind or even with, you know, maybe their input. So it's also it's nice to know that the story didn't, you know, it wasn't just an actor that came in and pretty much took the role along with everybody else it's somebody that might have already been dedicating their time to it you know previously as well so yeah totally so uh to start with uh like more hypothetical questions i remember last time we kind of mentioned uh the fact that you like the creature from the black lagoon and uh you know we mentioned how kirk hammett had all of his guitars and stuff which last time i said jackson but he's actually i forgot been with esp for like fucking years you know jackson when i was young but yeah um but uh so i kind of made up a new question based on that do you uh have if you could have one piece of gear, you know, whether it be a custom, you know, guitar, pedal, uh, amp head or cabinet, you know, but it was horror themed. Uh, what piece of gear would you want and what, you know, horror theme would you want on it? Yeah, man, that's a that's a cool question. Um, I would probably want like some form of like a full stacks, so, like two eight to eight by twelves in head but i would want them i guess like really like kind of backwoods devil's rejects style kind of looking like they were in a cabin from one of those scenes or something just like oh, real yeah. dirty like messed up looking uh like i don't know how like chicken wire on it or something like that yeah uh yeah i think some maybe like uh some type of like cloth or something hanging off the side and make it like blood splattered or something like that i think that'd be really cool hell yeah yeah i was uh i was thinking like how they have those uh you know like the multi-effects pedals and shit it'd be yeah. cool if they made one that was uh, all the sounds of john carpenter's uh scores because he uses a lot of the same like sounds and shit it'd be oh, cool if they yeah. had like a you know like a john carpenter themed pedal pretty much and like you know each you know effect was like a different sound that he usually uses but it yeah. also had like a, a loop system on it so yeah like that'd be pretty cool that's cool but uh so if you could make uh any norma jean song into you know like a horror movie soundtrack you know or place one into a horror movie soundtrack uh which song do you think you'd put in there so i remember last time i said um i said translational and i said with airs and Mm. just because both of those songs have some like kind of like creepy ambient stuff that goes on in them but then they get like really heavy out of nowhere so it's kind of like a lot of back and forth and i would i'll still stick with those but I also would say, um, I don't know why I didn't think about this, but our song uh, Trace Levels of Dystopia, the first lyrics in it are the dead are coming back to life. So that's just like perfect, like zombie movie, you know, type song. And like that song is just kind of balls to the wall the whole time. So it'd be like a cool, maybe like a zombie chase scene or something, just a fast riff with literally yelling the dead are coming back to life over it there's a uh there's actually this movie on shutter called demons by uh-huh. uh this italian director called dario argento and um it's uh pretty much about these people that get locked into a movie theater and one of them gets turned into a demon and it's pretty much like the demons act as zombies though you know like to where every time you scratch or bite it affects them and they turn into a demon as well yeah 
and uh, I was always thinking of how cool a premise that was that they got trapped into like a uh, you know a movie theater. But I was thinking of like if they updated it, it'd be like like what if they got trapped into like a hardcore show or something like that, and uh, yeah. you know the, the same thing happened. So. It'd be cool to see the band on stage as demons playing as well as, uh, you know, like the people moshing all, were all demons as well. <laughs> so. Yeah, that'd be insane. That'd be like, that'd be a crazy music video. Yeah, but that would, uh, I feel like that would fit that song a little bit. You know, like the whole like dead is, because you could just play it like zombies, you know, the same thing. But yeah. have it or somebody like sabotaged it to where they locked them in. Yeah. The movie, you know, to yeah, the video totally. or whatever. Yeah, but, that'd, uh, be, that'd be cool. So if you could uh, make a music video for any of your songs that was you know you don't have to pick the song but if it wasn't a zombie you know like any horror movie based uh music video which horror movie would you choose um so like based off of the actual movie or based off of like a genre uh i guess based off of like an actual movie since okay. we did the genre genre for the yeah previous um maybe the hills have eyes would be a pretty cool one i think like just being like out in the middle of the desert like you know where it's basically like an air force uh like test base where they just are firing off rockets and stuff yeah and you just got like massive hills behind you with the this like inbred cannibalistic family like running down the mountain like that could make for a pretty cool movie i think yeah well and especially because uh it'd be easy to translate you know into a uh you know to make it about a band because all you have to do is the same story just have a band in their whether it's a van van and trailer or a tour bus you know whatever it is break down pretty much man that's a that's a really good idea actually i didn't even think about it like that yeah that'd be man that's a lot of cool stuff you could do with that yeah definitely so i remember last time i asked you would you ever want to score a horror movie and then i asked you if you could score you know what subgenre would you want to score is your answer still the same or after thinking about it more have you changed uh i like i I remember i wasn't able to like just choose one necessarily because i remember saying like i think it'd be fun to write one that was kind of more of like a a sci-fi type thing um Mm. because because you know i could feel like i could get lost just doing you know like shoegazy stuff for like a week at a time just sitting in my room with like a reverb and delay pedal and doing all kinds of wacky stuff but uh that that would definitely still probably be like the one that i would have the most fun doing i'm i'm guessing but I think it'd also be fun to do kind of like a, a comedy type one, something like Death Gasm, where we just write like whatever, you know, the premises. So in like Death Gasm, it's pretty much just like straight up metal Slayer type stuff. So just write a bunch of Slayer riffs yeah. and, and stuff like that. But I think that'd be, those two would be like a lot of fun to write for. Hell yeah. Yeah, I have to agree. Uh, Death Gasm would be something fun to do because you even get to like, you know, come up with the music, the band, so-called, you know, pretend yeah. to play and stuff like that. Yeah, and, totally. Something like that would be really cool. Like, um, to where it's not just the background music, to but where like the music actually like is an important role in the movie. I guess. Yeah. Yeah, I think that'd be really awesome. Well, that's um, why, like, I really loved. Um, this is not a horror movie in the slightest, but uh, yeah. there's this movie called The Rocker that had Rain Wilson in it, mm-hmm. and I don't feel like it really got that big at all. But it, like, it came out when I'd only been playing music for like a short period of time. And, like the bands in that movie, they're all made up bands. But you hear the songs like several times, and you see these like uh, fictitious bands playing these songs. And it just would have been cool to like in like a horror movie context to like you know make a fake band, but it's kind of real at the same time, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I think that would have been really sick. And I know exactly what you mean. Just like uh, like School of Rock, for instance. I don't know if you ever seen yeah. School of Rock, but just oh, the yeah. person that got to write all those dope ass songs you know for the kids that would have been cool to be that guy you know oh for sure but uh so i'm like 
got like two more questions for you and one of them is a pretty quick answer one um which i think i asked you last time but do you have a favorite horror icon and um now that you've watched you know more of the zombie ones i definitely consider any of the members of the firefly family a horror icon i don't care what anybody says <laughs> yeah i would probably say i like you know last time i said jason just because i liked the fact that he like he didn't talk or anything and he was just this like badass dude that was always there and you couldn't kill him type thing yeah you like you said he's like a tank so I, I definitely like his like persona a lot but even as bad as the the devil's rejects characters are like um otis like that dude's just cool yeah it's hard not to like otis the way yeah, he talks it, shit is like funny <laughs> yeah it's like the dude is not scared of anything but mm. you, you know but at the same time like that is a horrible person if that was a real guy but you're like, man, you're still kind of cool, though. Yeah. So, yeah, it'd probably be still be like Jason or maybe like Otis. No, I have to agree. I've been a, a huge fan of Otis pretty much since I've seen, you know, the movies growing up. So I can't argue with you there at all. But. Yeah. So uh, pretty much all I have left is, and I know last time you said you didn't really have any, but um, you ended up giving me a few. But do you uh, have any horror stories of your own from the road? You know, and of course, they don't have to be like something supernatural that happened, but just something that... Uh, Oh no! You actually, uh, I do remember now. You did give me, uh, you gave me the one about the uh, the church. The yeah, kids. yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't so, mind telling me that again? Yeah. For the fans? So <laughs> it was with uh, my my friend Johnny again, Johnny Munch from Greyhaven. But he, yeah. he he was playing bass with us for a few tours, and uh, we were in somewhere in Europe. I, I think somewhere in Germany. And this was both of our first times being over there. So like mm. every day, whatever, whenever we got to the town and got done with sound check, it was usually me and him running off and, and trying to explore the places a little bit and see what was out there. And I don't remember what city we were in, but we went to this uh, like big old looking church and it was a little ways away from the venue, but we could kind of see it over some of these other buildings. And we like had to go down a couple side streets to get there. And, and once we got there, there was like a group of like pretty young kids playing out in front of it like riding their bikes and kicking a soccer ball or whatever and so like we didn't even get that close to the church but we took our phones out and we're like taking pictures of it and whatnot and once we started doing that all these little kids started like yelling at us and we thought they were just like being kids and yelling for the sake of being loud and mm -hmm. we didn't think much of it and then we kind of like noticed that they were like getting pretty angry looking and like started like coming towards us and like we'd been told and kind of warned about like you know as goofy as it sounds these like kid gangs in some of these cities that would like you know stone you or something and like steal your stuff and run off in all these different directions so you couldn't tell who had your stuff and uh so we were like kind of getting a little nervous when they were getting closer about what was going to go on and like it was weird because there was even though we were kind of in the middle of like a downtown area there was like nothing open and there was like nobody around and so we start trying to like play it cool and just start walking back and uh we're walking down this side street for a while and me and johnny are both kind of just looking at each other like and telling each other to, like play it cool play it cool don't freak out but these kids like getting closer and closer and we turn around and look at one of them and this kid's on a bike and he's yelling at me and then he does the whole like thing with his fist and his thumb where he acts like he's cutting his throat and he's like looking at me basically saying like i'm gonna kill you yeah fuck that. I, was like, <laughs> I was like what is happening so we definitely started speed walking a little bit after a certain point and they followed us like for quite a ways and eventually we kind of like got away from him and got back to the venue and once it was over we were like oh 
oh my god we just ran away from little kids <laughs> like we are some grown-ass men that just were literally scared of some little kids but in the moment like we didn't have a clue what was going to happen so we were just trying to book it back to the venue but that was definitely like one of the you know it's not like a scary story or nothing but it's one that kind of sticks out that i feel like could have easily turned into a horror movie or something like that oh no definitely yeah that uh that is, I mean, that is pretty scary because over there in Germany, like, uh, that, you know, that's a, some real shit pretty much. So I could yeah. see wh- where it could, uh, you know, it could have turned bad quick. I think running, even though it sounds lame, was probably definitely the best choice, you know? Yeah, for sure. But now, I, I appreciate you sharing that, man. I appreciate you coming on the show. Uh, I know last time we talked, you know, you just had your music projects, really. But now you're doing, you know, lessons and stuff. If you want to let people know, you know, what's going on with Norma Jean, if you have anything, yeah. as well as, uh, you know, where to find you if they want to do some lessons yeah totally so like my personal instagram is is just grayson stewart g-r-a-y-s-o-n uh s-t-e-w-a-r-t easy to find hmm. but yeah if, if you for anyone that's interested in like guitar lessons or whatever or like doing some type of collaboration i've, I've ended up having a lot of the people that hit me up there they want me to like kind of co-write with them yeah. or like kind of help them produce some of their own band stuff. And that's been a ton of fun. So I'll, I'll pretty much open to doing anything. Like it's just been a really cool way for me to like meet and interact with a bunch of like our fans basically and get to work with them on a one-on-one basis and just help them be creative. So it's, it's been a ton of fun and um, I just do it over Skype. So, and I, I'm, gonna continue to do that you know for the foreseeable future until i get too busy to where i can't anymore and i don't see that happening anytime soon yeah so yeah i got that going on um you know obviously nobody's touring right now all that's just shut down we had to uh we moved our australian tour back to october so hopefully that still works out but um i can't really say too much right now about what our other plans are in terms of touring but we will definitely be doing like a full-blown um like all hail headline tour either this year or it will be getting pushed to next year and that one will be like a it'll be a pretty awesome tour once we get to announce the other bands and stuff that are on it i'm i'm really excited about it but um in the meantime you can find uh, our new record all hail on all streaming services you can still order vinyls and all that at allhail.us um find us on instagram do all that good stuff and uh i think soon we're gonna be trying to join the whole live stream game and and do some stuff like that to you know at least give some people some entertaining content to watch yeah hell yeah that'd be awesome yeah it'll be fun it kind of sucks because like our band's kind of strewn strewn all over the place like our drummers in california and our other guitar players in tennessee which isn't that far away but you know not really supposed to leave at all now so it's looking like it's probably going to be more of like a stripped down acoustic type performance that me and Corey will end up doing yeah we're just going to try to do some stuff like that and and maybe some other like live stream type exclusive things just to give some give the people some cool stuff to watch and listen to so be on the i guess be on the lookout for that type of stuff i know i definitely will and if uh if you're listening and you're kind of thinking about hitting them up for you know lessons or collaborating i'm telling you man i've been listening to some of the riffs you've been writing on your story and them shits are tasty as fuck you know if i had a story i definitely would be trying to collaborate with you but yeah i mean if, you, I, if I had a band i meant but uh, yeah i appreciate yeah. that it's been awesome like almost like having this time to kind of sit down and just learn like get better at the guitar like it's been forever yeah. since i've got to actually 
practice and, and do all that stuff. So it, this has kind of been a good thing for me almost. No, I feel you definitely uh, doing the best, you know, with the time that you're given. Yeah. You. So real quick, those things I messed up on, of course, uh, first of all, was the band is not called Iron Eagle. They are called Iron Butterfly. They're a one hit wonder, but uh, And I Got a Vita is pretty much their one hit. And it's a super good song. So, of course, that's kind of easy to fuck up. But uh, my next thing is, is I called Jeff Daniel Phillips, Jeff Daniels, which, of course, is the actor from Dumb and Dumber. But uh, Jeff Daniel Phillips, uh, I was trying to think of the other movies he had been in of Rob Zombies. And he had also appeared in Lords of Salem, Halloween 2. He's pretty much been in uh, everything Zombies done. Um, and Three from Hell makes him a part of the Firefly, you know, trilogy, at least. So, And then the only other thing is, is I uh, misspoke when I said that Tara Strong was the actress. It is the voice of Tommy Pickles that plays character in uh, 31 but her name is elizabeth daly also goes by eg daly so tara strong does the voice of dill pickles actually and the voice of harley quinn in the batman animated series so that's where my mix-up was i just want to say thanks again for listening and make sure you follow us on facebook and instagram at horror flicks and guitar picks and check back next week for my first double episode drop featuring nolan ashley of kubicon and eric claxon of i am so also check out loudmouth threads who did this awesome podcast artwork and stay safe